Rogers almost going to fall for Martinez. Antonov trying to get there. Martinez finishes to give away the match. It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan, Miguel Almiron. Atlanta United in just their second year of existence have won MLS Cup. Our final JCM Jones from Mothership and sometimes Dirty South Soccer. Joe Patrick from 92.9 The Game and most of the time Dirty South Soccer is over there. Tony Lord winner Nathan Lane could not be with us. Joe, how are we doing anyway? Sam, I'm doing I'm doing great, actually. I feel good. feel good. You know, we started this Patreon a couple weeks ago and I put this out on Twitter. Ooh. I did not think that the main, one of the main benefits was going to be the, the Discord server, but um, it's like lifted my mood recently. It's just so great to see the community that's building there and the the chatter that's just going on nonstop about Atlanta United or whatever else. It's great. When we started the show, the number of people that have actually subscribed to the Patreon is the amount of people I thought would actually ever listen to this <laughs> yeah. show. So pretty good so far. If you haven't, if you don't know what we're talking about, if you don't follow us on Twitter and other things like that, we have started a Patreon. This is not a Patreon for you to just give us money. It's a Patreon for you to subscribe to what we're doing, which is extra content content not content extra audio productions for there you, you. Go. <laughs> uh, including daily updates from Atlanta United training sessions and press conferences uh, there's a discord server that Joe was talking about that has some phenomenal potential I'm I'm having a lot of fun people are cool it's good to interact with y'all um, people in there can ask us questions all the time too you have kind of direct access to me and Joe who are constantly on our computers anyway so we have no other thing to do than just talk to you guys and, and let you know what's going on we actually we also have a, a bunch of extra interviews going on there as well we already had an interview with Bobby Boswell we talked to Felipe Cardenas, the athletic, and we have another one coming to you very, very shortly. We're grabbing guests. We're grabbing people to come on and uh, hopefully enlighten you a little bit more about Atlanta United. Again, our, our plan for that is to have you be the single most informed person at this Atlanta United barbecue. You and, should be. And we're grabbing questions, too. It's, it's great to have people, mm-hmm. just our you know listeners, to be able to contribute to the questions that we're asking in press conferences and things like that. So um, it's just been great. I, I just, I'm just so happy that everybody seems to be getting some utility out of it as yeah, i what am a perk th- <laughs> what a perk that is to be able to to ask questions to yeah. players quite literally i mean if you have a if you have a good question and one that kind of makes sense for us to ask in the press conference we will go ahead and, and get it done you know we're, we're here to serve you the people the people it's been a lot of fun uh check that out you can go to our twitter at five strike final check that out you can how else can you get there patreon.com slash five strike final i believe is, yeah is how you get i think there. The, the easiest way is just five stripe final on twitter and it's in our bio uh the link it's, is in our bio we're gonna include the link into our description of the show as well that'll make it way easier we will uh, definitely do that yes we will do Good that idea. we've just decided right now <laughs> <laughs> so join on in like i said we were having a lot of fun on the discord and everything like that um and i think we're we're putting some pretty good stuff out there and it's only going to get better as things kind of get into swing gear but until then you just have to settle for business time it's business Time, 
Joe Patrick. And last time we had a business time. The time was good. The times were great. And then they will quickly fell to pieces. Oh my much God, did like I? Latoro Gianetti's interior cruciate ligament, apparently. I think I read somewhere on, it may have been on Reddit or something. I think it was somebody on Reddit because I am on Reddit with my burner account on there, just contributing to the chat. Uh, I think somebody had a said that they had read somewhere that the graft of the ligament that they used in the ACL, uh, in uh, Latoro Gianetti's ACL uh, surgery mm-hmm. had like not taken or something or like it was like that's never good when you're talking about like the, the graft <laughs> that is uh that is that so is the, something honestly we don't we don't see that much like in in you know american medicine but uh there you go yeah no so so that was actually reported by our dear dear friends at vela 670 again if we can't trust Bella they, they've been all over this beat. who can we trust uh but yeah no they reported that uh, the graft was I believe in disrepair or something like that. Like yeah. the, the, the graph they had done in the original thing was not it changed something like changed. that changed. Yeah. It was a weird terminology. I'm sure that was part of the translation too. And also us not being doctors, but sounds bad. Um, so that deal, after all our optimism, we should, we should have known. And I guess we should have known. And, and now he's going to have to have surgery again to repair this thing. And who knows when he'll play next. So I feel bad for him too. It's pretty brutal um, to have an injury uncovered like this. I mean, I th- maybe the good news is that you uncover it during a procedure like this instead of it happening on the field. Because I think that it sounds like it was only a matter of time before um, that thing just ruptured again or something. And it was just going yeah. to lead to even more damage. So um just a just a brutal situation pretty much for everybody yeah i mean how brutal is it to like get a new job you fly all the way over and then you get told that oh no actually uh you're not coming here also you're pretty much unemployed for the next year yeah sorry it is interesting too when you think about it from velez's point of view first of all uh they are you know they thought they were going to get what probably around three million dollars for this sale and now that's not coming in so who knows if you know they're going to be strapped for cash now uh, that's besides the point. The other interesting part of it, though, to me was I don't know if you recall this, but during the the negotiations, there was reports and I think it was confirmed that the agreement was for Atlanta United to take 100 percent of the deal, which we almost never see. It's almost always 80 mm-hmm. percent. You get 80 percent of the value or whatever. Um, so pass. that was kind of, yeah of the past. So that was kind of interesting that they it seemed like Velez was demanding all of it. They, they wanted to get just part with Giannetti completely. Um I thought at the time maybe it was just down to his age and they just figured that there wasn't going to be that much value left in him transfer wise. But yeah, just a just a crazy deal. And it certainly left Atlanta United in a lurch now. <laughs> it is. I wrote about this this week about what Atlanta United can do at center back. And um, it's tough. We've uh, we've looked at some players in Argentina as well on football manager. So there's a lot of good stuff around the center back situation on the site right now. I'd recommend anybody check that out. We're going to get to a lot of that. You guys had a lot of questions. This is going to be a quick business time and a whole lot of question time, which is which is how you the people want it, I'm sure, rather than to hear us just keep going on and on. But we do have a couple more things to get to, like very important things such as that random river plate guy is here. Um, I genuinely can't remember his name. Matias Benitez. That's what it is. That's is what that it is. Yeah, that's it. And uh, he's a reserve for River Plate. He has Instagrammed himself here in Atlanta wearing Atlanta United training tops. That's all we know. The sexy training tops. He, he, he's he's a, the sexy training tops. Yes, he's a ghost. I mean, we really don't know anything about him. Uh, but if he's in the River Plate system, you have to assume some positive things. It's interesting to kind of see Atlanta United potentially continue to, to, to bring in players who Maybe don't figure it in the first team right away. Yeah. But can get some time with the twos and really kind of continue to be a, a farm system, essentially. 
Yeah. Him, which I think is the plan for this guy and for folks like um, Matthias, the other Matthias. There's so many Matthias's. <laughs> uh, the I'm one not- from Venezuela. No, shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're cutting this. <laughs> the one from Paraguay. No. Oh, the. Um, yeah. You're talking Venezuela. about uh, that guy. Uh, uh, <laughs> Rocco Rios Novo, the goalkeeper. <laughs> no. But that's also another one. <laughs> um. <laughs> What is happening? I think I know who you're talking about. The Venezuelan no, uh, Darwin Mateus. Darwin Mateus. Thank you. Good Lord. We're cutting all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so I yeah, mean, no. This, it's interesting to see Atlanta United using the twos like that. It's kind of like a the new, it's like a, a, a new world in terms of trying to deal for players at this age. And yeah, essentially use it like as a farm system, like really getting players, bringing them, integrating them into that. I don't want to call it a youth team, but for all intents and purposes, it kind of is for Atlanta United. And then that way, you know, if you can pull that off, I mean, that's great because then you can kind of get them through that um, moving to a new country, getting them settled in, all, in their personal situation and kind of move beyond that. By the t- and then when they come into the first team, you know, they're just comfortable playing and they, they just feel better on the pitch, more free and all that stuff. So uh, if it works out, it'd be great. I'm interested to see kind of how a guy like uh, Benitez develops. Seems good to me. Seems good to me. Not coming to the first team or the second team. Not yet. Anyway, Andrew Gutman, Andrew Gutman, more like Andrew. Bye, man. Nice. Bye, Andrew <laughs> Gutman. Uh, Lady United signs him from Celtic, immediately loans him out to Red Bulls. For about 50k and gam potentially uh, if he meets certain performance standards atlanta united paid seventy five thousand in gam to cincinnati to acquire his rights in the first place how any of this works out i have no idea but it seems like this is something that's set up for possibly potential partar- departure for george bello at the end of the season i think it just gives you cover right like it gives you cover right. that if bello has that season i think that everybody wants him to have that season that gets him sold essentially it's like one of those things where you don't want your kid to go off to college you know to a great school but you do also because you know it's better for them and you know all that stuff so uh, he needs to leave the nest at some point we all don't want to see it but hopefully that happens with him playing great this year and being a huge contributor um and then yeah and then you have Gutman there and i think it's really nice to have Gutman get another year of mls experience of course he got a year of mls experience last year playing for cincinnati Uh, This year, he'll be playing for Red Bulls in what we would think is, well, I mean, we would assume that Red Bulls are still going to play kind of a uh, aggressive pressure type game, which you would think would suit well for a guy like Heinze coming in if Gutman does come in uh, the following year. So makes sense. Their manager, uh, Gerard Struber, a former IT salesman. He sounds like a a Schwarzenegger movie villain or something. He does not have the backstory. Like I said, a former like IT salesman and then got back into coaching after a little bit. He reportedly, I mean, he apparently he plays extremely extremely high press it's very red bulls so it'll be interesting to see how goodman does in that but don't worry he can't hurt us he can't hurt us while he's there uh he won't be able to play yeah. against us so don't don't worry about that also not able to play for us for at least a little while four to six weeks it seems like uh mo adams has surgery on a sports hernia which don't don't look up pictures don't do it <laughs> dude Joe was like, yeah, he got like some mesh. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I went and looked it up and I'm the mesh. deeply, deeply scarred. Good <laughs> Lord. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, so for now, Mo Adams, more like no Adams, at least for four to six weeks. He should be good to go. And big shout out to our, the reporter on the ground there, Mo Adams, in getting us the report on Mo Adams. <laughs> big scoop. Big scoop. <laughs> he, was, he, he broke some news on himself last night, uh, tweeting from the hospital bed. But um. 
I mean, glad to see the the procedure went okay. And yeah, I ho- hopefully he does come back in the four to six week window. That's what the club said. I'm kind of tentatively thinking it's going to be longer than that. I've just had a couple of friends who have had sports hernia surgery before, um, which you don't need to be an athlete to have sports hernia. And it can just be one of those things where it's tough to come back. It, it, well, it, it's tough to wait long enough until the everything is healed so that when you do come back to activity, you don't aggravate the wound and reopen whatever, you know, stitching or or whatever it is. So it's a really tough one because you just have to be completely um, not completely immobile, but you just have to play it really, really cautiously. And I'm sure for a guy who plays soccer, who wants to keep his fitness up at a certain level, um, that's going to be just naturally difficult to do. So um, I'm thinking he'll probably be back around May. Uh, it's going to I, I would think that the team will be out without Mo Adams for about a month or so of elsewhere the, of the, the season, I should say. Right. Right. Uh, elsewhere in the world of Atlanta United. We did have our second media availability of the year. It's been kind of slow going at this very beginning, I think. I think that's intentional on Heinze's part more than anybody. It, it kind of seems like he wants folks to be very, very focused. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the plan right now. And I, I wouldn't be too surprised if there's some kind of thing in that where he's like, no, nah, let's just let's just hold off on this for for a little bit before we really start sending folks out there. I think it's also telling, you know, if you send out a player like Brad Gazan and Sandra Lopez, who are older, much more experienced in the media and then stuff like that, you know, you're, you're going to be mitigating a lot of risk and everything like that. Uh, but they were good today. It was good to talk to them, kind of catch up with Brad. Um, Joe, anything kind of stand out from the quick conversation we had with them today? Uh, yeah, a couple things. I made some notes. Um, one thing that Brad said that was interesting to me was he he referred to the group of players. One is younger. Of course, we all kind of know that just from looking at their literal ages. Uh, but he called them an impressionable group, like like a, a group that mm. can very much be molded, I guess, at this point in time, which is good for um, when you have a new manager uh, like Heinze. And he also said that Heinze is one of those guys who, like Tata, he commands the attention of the room. Like when when he walks in the room, everyone kind of knows it. And I think that that's a really, really good uh, quality to have if you're the manager. Um, just, you know, that everybody respects you. And um, it certainly seemed like Brad was happy with the way things are going in training and everything. He just seemed like um players knew what was going on everybody was on the same page there was lots of instruction which we of course knew was a problem last year so i think it was all good news yeah he even mentioned that there was just a better atmosphere around things which of course is is generally going to happen with a new season but new manager and everything like that it it seems from the get-go that it's gone pretty well of course we'll never really truly know probably exactly what it's been like but he kept hammering over and over again that fitness was very important they were really drilling folks on that um he said that the new folks were were experiencing the same kind of lags everyone else which is is to be expected um and other than that just kind of seemed in a good mood seemed in a good mood that's yep. all i kind of got really he was it, chatty it's, it's far... he, yeah he yeah. was uh yeah it was great it was actually kind of funny there was a thing we're not going to talk about but it was kind of a funny moment in the in the press conference i, I also if we could talk about lissandro lopez as well uh, i asked lissandro um who stood out to him like players individually and i kind of was not expecting him to actually give us any specific names you just figure you get the you know oh everybody's playing well that kind of thing but i am interested because we just haven't been able to see this team play at all (laughs) so we're all just kind of wondering uh, and I thought it was interesting. He did point out he the first one he mentioned was George Bellow, which is mm-hmm. really interesting. The fact that it's like a striker talking about a, a fullback, first of all, of course. And then uh, with how young George Bellow is, I just thought that that was um, a really good sign. And Marcelino Moreno was the other guy that he he pointed out. Um, I don't remember exactly what he said about either of these guys, but just that yeah, those no, two I players were the ones that. he pointed out where it was interesting to me. Yeah, I have that. Um, and I thought it was super interesting. He, he talked about George Bellow's physical ability, first and foremost, uh, said he was very physical 
physical and then also said he appreciated the way way you played which i mean physicality and the way you play I and mean, that's kind of the whole bit mm-hmm. isn't it that's kind of the whole thing so i mean I, and for very quickly came up with that name too which yeah it was fascinating you know um it's, it's a really really good sign and we'll kind of get into that more later as we talk about bellow's role can i talk year. can i mention one more thing about what was said during the press conference today i thought it was sure. really interesting what brad gazan had to say about some of the struggles that the team had last year um specifically talking about the way that the team socialized together or i should say mm-hmm. did not socialize together because of all the pro covid protocols so not only did you have a team that was, you know, the manager was, you know, from from what we know, really not giving a ton of specific instruction. You also, you know, Brad Guzan was like, you can't we couldn't sit down, and eat a meal together. Um, And so that is obviously it, it just it kind of underscores how big of a role those types of situations play with. I think any sports team, but obviously yeah. in this case with Atlanta United, um, that was big. Well, you think about it. I mean, they really didn't get to do it after Frank left. And one of the reasons that Frank left is because of a meal they <laughs> had right. together. Yeah, I thought is, about that exact same there, thing. There are layers of, of <laughs> irony in, in, in that. But um, no, remember that in MLS's back, um, there was just a general tense feeling. Apparently, I think that's reporting from Felipe Cardenas, who was talking about that. Um, so, But again, after that, they didn't really get to have a chance to sit down together and kind of mesh. And and apparently that's getting to happen again, which is really, really good. Um, and, and like I said, everything just kind of seemed positive. Everything just kind of seemed positive. Um, for my note there, I just have breakfast exclamation point. Because <laughs> yeah. um, was it, like was, was it, I forget if it was Darren or Carlos that mentioned that specifically talking about observing the group at MLS's back over watching that's them right. watching them eat breakfast. Yeah. yeah. So kind of uh, so, funny how that came full circle. Yeah. That, OK. Yeah. That wasn't reported. That was just something they said to us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> yeah. I could not remember. <laughs> I could. I know. It was so long ago. Uh, it was another era. <laughs> golly, crazy times, crazy times. Also, um, Lissandra mentioned Marcelino. Like we said, he said it was very dynamic. I'm still in the adaptation stage. It seemed like to to Lissandro, but um, likes him a lot. Again, very dynamic was the thing he kept kind of hammering home with that, and, and we have to agree. We'd have to agree. So if those two guys have great years, I mean, Lissandra's going to seem a little bit like a prophet and it's going to seem like a lady night is a real damn good soccer team. So that, that's really, really encouraging for the future. Joe, before we get to the future, though, let's look back to the past for like two seconds, because when this comes out, it may come out Wednesday night, but yeah, it'll be almost a year to the day since that Club America. Wow. Match. Yeah. Isn't that crazy. So a year to the day from the now infamous Club America match where Tom About Hanks an hour night. before Rudy Gobert got di- got diagnosed, tested positive for COVID, they canceled that game in Oklahoma City. And every- that PA announcer guy came over the top and was like, do not be afraid, which is the number one way to get people really, really afraid. Um, they canceled that game. They canceled the NBA season. And it definitely means that. you should pr- be afraid, probably. Oh, <laughs> freak the fuck out. And then Tom Hanks got it and his wife got it. I can't remember Tom Hanks' wife name right now. Um, Reba, maybe? It, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. And then Atlanta United got their ass kicked by Club America. <laughs> and it was interesting. We got to talk to Brad a little bit about that today as well. And he said that they were flying home after that game, which I'm sure was already just miserable anyway. And slowly kind of getting the news trickling in that, that things were about to be very, very different. Um, I remember I drank a six pack of Athena. Um, that's about as much as I've drank maybe Maybe ever i think in my entire <laughs> life i'm not a big drinker <laughs> but that night just seemed like one of those nights and uh, the the twitter account reflected that i went back and looked through some old tweets um weird but but optimistic yeah. in 
a lot of ways, it, it's it's getting better. I wrote about that this week for MLS. It just seems, uh, you know, we can look back and now we can look forward to, to hopefully things get a lot better. Go get your vaccine. And I would just add, you know, it, it was just it was striking to me how kind of disconnected the team was from the situation that was going on at the time, because I remember working for 92.9 The Game when Mike Conti leaves at or at that point when as, as we were functioning at that point. When he would leave to go cover an Atlanta United game that was on the road during the week or a Hawks game on the road, I would go in and do work his shift during during those days. And so I remember doing the up, updates on 929 the uh, game the next day, actually, with all mm-hmm. the sports that just started getting canceled that next day. MLS was canceled. Spring training games were getting canceled. The SEC um, conference tournament got canceled like mid game. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I remember Mike came in that day because they had just gotten back. And he was like, this is so weird. It's, it's like so crazy because it was just not a thing there at all when we were in Mexico. Like this was not like a topic of conversation, really. And so, um, yeah, just wild, just wild. Obviously, it's known around the world now. So but I'm getting optimistic now. I'm happy because we're we're almost through it. So it's just yeah, wild times, man. What a year. Almost there. Almost there. Just stick together just a little while longer. Keep fighting for each other. And we're, we're close, man. We're close. It feels good. What's also going to feel good is this quick break. And before we get back into the show, did just want to shout out once again, our partners at Lucid FC for bringing you this episode of Five Stripe Final. They've got a new shop out um, in Buckhead. It's right behind the Whole Foods there. Uh, the address is 3209 Paces Ferry Place Northwest, if you want to write that down or Google it or whatever. But I cannot wait to see what they get done there because I think that that shop is going to be um, experiential, to say the least. These guys are really creative, and uh, I think that it will be more than just a, a place to sell clothes. So that will be really cool. But you can obviously also order from them online at Lucid fc.us they've got their new spring summer 2021 collection out now uh, which you can buy right now online called this is a modern world's really cool stuff the collection brings nostalgic psychedelic party nights of the past to the new modern lifestyle uh i've checked it out on on their shop it looks really cool the products on this line will be sold exclusively to directly to you on the lucid fc website that's where you get it uh they've got unisex sizes from extra small to extra extra large and the uh, price points from eight dollars to three $380. So there's something in there for everybody. Uh, and it has just launched and it's really cool. Definitely would recommend everybody go check out uh, lucidfc.us and maybe pick up yourself some, uh, some modern world clothes. Wow. What a break. What an incredible <laughs> break as always. I love those breaks. I love listening to those breaks. I love being a part of those breaks. <laughs> I love, holy crap. I forgot to mention this. Do you remember? I, I don't know. I listen to the show. I don't know if you do. I listen to the show because it's, I think it, it drowns out the rest of my thoughts. If mm-hmm. I could hear myself talking and it like <laughs> alleviates anxiety, weird trick. Right. And there is this one ad that we had that has like horns and like police sirens in the background. I about drove off the god dang road and that I is, want to apologize sincerely because we have no control. Over yeah, that. yeah. We, we have no idea if we're av- advertising for me undies or whatever. We do know we're advertising with Lucid <laughs> FC, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's, it's it, that's like the cardinal sin is having either sirens in the background or a doorbell like on a TV ad it should literally be illegal. Yeah, it'll be illegal. I was furious. That's it happened to me. Like I think twice, they do it intentionally, honestly, too. So. That's what actually pisses me oh, off totally. is like yeah, it, yeah. they know that it grabs attention. My heart rate spiked. It was awful. Please, please, let's let's I don't know. We have no control over that. If it happens again, we're sorry. <laughs> we're not sorry, though. 
to be answering your questions. There are a ton of them. Uh, we did a quick business time. There's just not a ton of news going on, but there still are plenty of questions, fortunately. So we're going to get through as many questions today as possible. It's really going to be a, a full question show. And we'll start with this first one from Tafka, the Prince of Soccer. What a name. Wow. Um, who says, and it's appropriate that we're starting with this one on Five Strike Final of all places because we have Joe Patrick here who, who asks, uh, let's presume that Eric Lopez proves he deserves to be an everyday starter. How do we line up with him and the lineup? And Joe is the Eric Lopez expert here. What do you think that looks like? You know, I think it could look any number of ways. It was funny when we were talking to Lissandro Lopez earlier today, he mentioned playing with Eric. Uh, I think He was talking about the strikers and Joseph and Eric, and he just kept on saying Eric. I think he was saying Eric, he was referring to Eric Torres, like Eric Kubo, um, oh. <laughs> but maybe not. I don't know. Nobody really questioned him on it. And yeah, so um, maybe he was talking about Eric Lopez. I think Eric Lopez said that he has trained a little bit at striker um, so far. I think that guys are not. I don't know if the team is even training that specifically. I mean, we have no idea, really. But um, in terms of specific positions, Eric Lopez did say he's been training on the wing, too, under Heinze, even though he said his preferred position is to play underneath the striker. So I think he's a versatile guy. And I just don't think that uh, I guess I just don't think it really matters a ton where he's going to be, end up playing. Answer the question, though. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think the most likely thing you're to see is to see Eric Lopez on the right hand side, him and exactly er, him right. and Jurgen Dam fighting, kind of fighting it out for that spot or just rotating. If he's in four, three, three, Lopez on the right, Bark on the left, Joseph in the center and then a midfield of, of however you want to do it, which we're going to kind of get into a little bit more because there are some questions about how that's going to look now because of the center back situation as well, which uh, a couple of y'all hit on. We're going to kind of combine some questions here. We'll go and ask both of them, Trey and J-Dog Leach from the Discord uh, asking these uh, Trey asked with no center back magically appearing and Mo recouping. Will Campbell and the draftees get a chance to log a lot of minutes? Or are we just going to run Anton Ragged? And what do you think of dropping Sosa back for some matches? Um, and then J Dog Leach asked with most transfer windows closed, it seems are there any potential targets to temporarily fill that void at center back, specifically within MLS? There's a lot there, but I mean, it's, it's yeah. pretty much the entire topic of discussion around center back. Um, and, Joe, and Joe, I think I want to start with, with Sosa because that's something a lot of people have kind of been asking about. We don't really have a ton of access to really know what he kind of looks like at center back. However, Teodle Football, our first Teodle Football reference of the day, uh, <laughs> does have some access to that. And and he seems to like he seems to like what he's seen so far for, from Sosa at center back. It's definitely an option. It's not the ideal option. But at that point, you know, you're dropping Sosa back to center back. You're going to stay with that midfield three and it's going to look like a bar at the base. Single pivot with Heinemann and Moreno. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think that you're likely to see a lot of Sosa at the back because at this point with the squad kind of as thin as it is with these injuries, it's just a matter of where can you allocate resources the best? Where Like where can you kind of reallocate the talent? And I think that right now that talent is in midfield and you have guys that are in midfield that like Sosa can play in the back line. And not only can he play in the back line, but he gives you the kind of defender that you need. You know, it's not like you're trying to replace a, a Miles Robinson, a guy who's going to be able to, you know, win duels at midfield and things like that. What you really need is somebody who can pass, somebody who can help with the build up play. And that is something that Sosa should be able to to do pretty well. Um, maybe the team probably is sacrificing a little bit defensively uh, because he's probably not as like big and strong and physical as a guy like Lataro Gianetti would have been. Um, but I think that that would be the move that you go with. Um, you have, I mean, I just feel like you have to do that because otherwise, I mean, if there, and Anton Walks is going to get some run too. He's going to get some playing time just because there's going to be a lot of matches. Um, 
but there's just no depth there. Like you need to have some sort of emergency center back that you're confident in on the bench. Um, and Anton walks is the perfect kind of player to have on the bench because he can come in as a center back. He come, can come in as a right back and you can be real versatile with a, a player like him. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's rough. And I do think that I don't know of any specific names of like center backs that are available on the MLS market at the time, but I do mm. think that the team really could use should be signing like a player like Bobby Boswell. Like we just talked, I wish we could talk to him again now to kind of discuss this situation because he was kind of part of it in 2017, but it was a very similar situation in 2017 where they just needed some decent experience cover just in case something happened. Uh, And I really feel like that that's what the team could use now until they're able to get in that, that top quality center back that they really need. Joe. Joe, do you hear it? Get, listen. No, wait. Listen. Lean in. Lean in. Do you hear it? That's Jeff Lorenowitz's music, oh! man. That's where it is. That's what it is. You know, Brad was oh. looking like he was missing him. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I noticed that. I noticed I could see it in his eyes. Um, that, honestly, like, uh, really, that, that could be a potential option. I, I kind of wonder. Um, you know, I, I don't know what Jeff's up to. We need to contact Jeff and see if we can get him on the show, honestly. <laughs> but um, no, I, I think you're right. There, there's going to be something like that. It's going to be a singular depth piece, I think. But Joe, you also did especially if it's within MLS, I think is my thought. Um, I don't think they're going to make any big trades at this point. I don't think they really have the allocation money that they want to spend right now to make any big trades or anything like that. that they just want to kind of get rid of. Um, I just don't think that's how it's going to work. I mean, it seems like they have a chunk of allocation money, but it's all kind of stowed away for the center back signing that they're planning to make. And um, I I just feel like it's unrealistic to think that you can actually make that signing right now. Um, I think that you're just going to have to wait until the summer, the uh, well, at least until May. So the interesting thing about this transfer window is that um, yeah, the Argentine league season is done in May. I'm not sure there might be like a playoff, a, a short playoff after that. But the MLS transfer window is open. It's really only there's there's a, a portion where the, the window the, where the transfer window closes in MLS, which is in June. <laughs> Uh, it's the, it's the most bizarre thing. So essentially we can think of this as the transfer window just perpetually being open. Um, so you, you don't have to wait that long. Like, as like, I know when we talk about a summer signing, you're thinking in July or August, you wouldn't have to wait that long to get one of those players in because you could arrange the deal. Now you could, you could be in negotiations with a team right now for a player to get him ready to come in as soon as their season ends. Um, but I think that that is the way to go. This is the same league that has a half day transfer window where like all the, the team owners like go to Dave and Buster's or whatever and, and like do <laughs> trades. So I'm, I'm not too surprised about that. Um, but I think you're right about all that. I, I do want to kind of get into it, though. You had a post on DSS where you dug into the the now famous football manager archives and did another one of your incredible football manager scouting posts. Did anyone kind of stand out as you were looking through center backs? And so when it comes to to May and when it comes to that transfer window, finally being back open again, uh, do you have any thoughts on, on maybe who might be decent to look at? I mean, I, it's, it's kind of funny. Like I don't even recall some of the names that I put in that post. Cause here, I'm literally, so the, here, here, here's how I do these. So when you buy a football manager, you also get the football manager editor, which is essentially like the cheat. It's like the game genie of football manager if you want to like make new leagues or you know do all sorts of things and you can also just see how every player is coded what their attributes are there's like hidden attributes which is actually how i come up with this list where there's their potential you can see the players that are have the highest potential coded into them in the game um and so that's what where these players came from was those players that had the highest coded in potential and that coded in potential just comes from people who contribute to these ratings which are people who've seen them um up close they're probably like fans or journalists or something somebody who sees them play all the time so that's why i really like to go off of it um but you never know uh, but the one guy I would say was Nazarino Colum- Colombo. Is that his name? Yes. 
Yeah, he's he's a guy that the the reason I liked him was because he was a guy that we'd heard about through second Toyota football reference, Toyota football, who um, keeps track of all this deep analytic stuff. He really popped on those charts just as Gianetti and David Martinez did to an extent. But then that what really that's what was really kind of fun to see his name pop up on the football manager game as one of the players with the most potential um, of those kind of young center backs. I think I was searching for anybody 24 and under or something like that. So um, he would be the one I, I said in the post is like, this is an unranked list, except for this one. This is the guy that I think would be the most <laughs> preferable option. Wait, we know that we know that Darren and company read us and we know that we listen. So maybe that's right. Maybe maybe again, we can keep pushing this and, and will this into existence. And he, so, can, but it, and he can skydive to, for the announcement. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect synergy between podcast. Mm-hmm and club as it should be as it should be um we don't quite know who's going to be the second center back we do know the first center back's going to be and that's what our next two questions are really about him and our left back michigan 17s ask is this going to be miles and george's breakout season with the olympics and world cup qualifying and tony had a follow-up to that tony from the discord who says is there any concern with the players about us mnt and atlanta united relationship are bridges potentially burned for our guys and I'll, I'll start by answering that one and say no not at all um that's not on the guys that's on atlanta you know and they're making the right choice probably jason christ can be upset about it all at once but if they're the best players they're gonna play he's he's not gonna like i don't think he's gonna just hold a grudge like that or anything you know it, yeah. it would be very very strange for him to not pick two of the most talented players in the pool just because they didn't show up one time i don't i don't think that bridge is burned as far as a breakout season I mean, we've been talking about that for a second, right? It'll be interesting to see, but we think Bello especially is prime for that. And Lissandra's comments today kind of have my my uh, my hype sensors going off a little bit, which is fun. Uh, not to put too much pressure on him, uh, but a lot's going to be asked to Miles. We've said that from the beginning. A lot's going to be asked to Miles, but if he steps up the challenge, clear breakout season potentially, yes. Oh yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, can you imagine Miles Robinson not being in this camp as well with the with the Giannetti deal falling apart? You would literally have like your your center backs would be. Anton Walks and I guess George Campbell or I guess Santiago Sosa, but and, yeah, uh, a friend Alvarez who was a child who was like <laughs> oh, literally yeah. sixteen. Yeah, that's a whole nother thing. When we talk about center backs like Efren Alvarez or Morales, Morales? sorry, yeah, yeah. Shit, I, did the, <laughs> yeah. I, did, I keep doing that. It's the it's the Galaxy guy. <laughs> yeah, who is, uh, Alvarez. Yeah, sorry. um, technically he is a first team player. He is like a skinny kid. He's like a skinny lanky kid. He is an Atlanta United twos player, and for that matter, I think this is just my opinion, but like I think that. Josh Bauer is too, aka Jack Bauer. Um, you, we just we, we he, first he's not even signed to the first team. He's not, hasn't even signed a deal yet. So it's really hard to talk about those players as being potential contributors to this first team. Uh, but yeah, going back to the question, I think that this is definitely a breakout year for both uh, George and Miles and. I see both of these guys as European players. Um, so I, again, I kind of hope that I hope they have those breakout seasons and it happens for them because I think it benefits all parties. And I, th- yeah, oh, and, and I should say, I, I think that that's why we saw Atlanta United lock down Miles Robinson a couple of years ago to a contract extension. I think Atlanta United saw the, the potential as well there um, from a financial standpoint, the fact that they could have a player here who is worth five, $10 million. And it was worth it at that point to lock down the player long term. And I think the, the the cost of doing that was then you couldn't keep LGP around who probably, you know, they I think they ended up on this around the same amount of money. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully they have that year. I am interested in Jack Josh Bauer just because he fell so much to Atlanta United and they seemed really, really surprised by that. He was projected top five. Uh, the top door soccer folks are like, this is a top five. This is probably the best center back in the entire draft. Um, so if it does kind of come to that and 
it seems there's a path for it to come to that. True. You, know, it, it, you may be a part of this. You may be that depth signing. And I guess and I, it's, it's something we kind of keep forgetting to consider, honestly, because he's not technically signed yet, but he is in camp. Yeah, uh, you're you're right. You're right. And and to even add to your point, I, the the report on him was that he's actually more talented. He, he just didn't have the ceiling that other that other players may have had. But they said that he was like at the moment he is the most talented center back. That wasn't really a question. So um, yeah, maybe maybe I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It sounds like Dansby Swanson. Honestly. I think. I mean, I think that we know that if he does end up signing and playing with the first team or or at least being on the bench or whatever, then I mean, I trust that that was that's a, a decision that was worth making. But we'll see how it shakes out. A lot of questions at the back and questions up top, too, which I don't think are being maybe asked enough right now. But I'm glad Nick did kind of get to this because it's something we've been talking about a bit. Nick asked, who scores the second most goals on the team after Joseph? He thinks it could be Moreno. His other thought was Lissandro, but Lissandro is not going to start. Obviously, if, if Lissandro is the leading scorer, I think something has gone wrong. Uh, something has happened to Joseph. Something is not right. Um, so that that's probably not going to happen, hopefully. But I think Moreno is a good shout. And the question is, is it going to be enough to to really push that team to a place that's effective? You know, I, I wrote about this for MLS a little bit. One of my extremely bold predictions, which you can go see on the mothership right now, was that Atlanta was going to score less than they did in 2019, uh, which is a take for sure. There's a reason it was in the extremely bold predictions thing, but I do worry about where the production is going to come from. You even look in 2019, I think Gressel had 10 goals on the year and PT had seven, which was enough because Joseph had 27, mm-hmm. you know, but if Joseph takes a step back and it's still just like seven and four from folks like Zeke and Moreno, that's not going to be enough to really push to the top of the conference. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we do have to expect Joseph to take, I would say, a, uh, like a significant step back in his production levels in the numbers. Um, we, we just saw his fitness, you know, it, it needs work and he probably won't be able to play the amount of minutes, first of all, just early in the season that he would have been playing in other seasons. So and I think that Lissandro Lopez will actually get a lot of those minutes. I am now more bullish on him than I was before, before I kind of thought of him more as a Jeff Lorenowitz type figure, honestly, in terms of being just like a mentor, coach, leader and apprentice to Gabriel Heinze while he's here. Uh, but I do think that now he's he, I, I get the feeling that he's going to contribute a lot, especially early in the season. As to how effective he'll be, I'm not sure yet. I think it depends a lot on how well the team plays and how much possession the team is able to have in the opponent's half. If Atlanta United turns out to be a team that is so good in possession, they can just kind of camp out in, in the opponent's half of the field. I think that that really suits a guy like Lissandra Lopez. L- Lopez would not be as suited to a game where there's a lot of up and down, you know, go, g- coming up and down the field vertically, doing a lot of running. That's obviously going to hurt a player who's 38 years old, but clearly he knows how to score goals. He probably has the best kind of just goal scoring brain on the team, even more so than Joseph. I mean, this guy is scored massive amounts of goals in Champions Leagues with Porto and Olympic Lyon. So um, he ha- he has a wealth of experience and hopefully some of that experience can rub off on some of the other players to help them score as well. And he's dad hot. Like, <laughs> damn, man. He grew his hair. I thought so like there were old pictures of him in our database where he's bald. Yeah. But it turns out he's just one of those guys who's so freaking confident he could just shave his head bald and then just grow his hair back. Like no big deal. Unreal. He, it's funny you mentioned Lerner. He kind of had a, a similar demeanor to some extent. It was maybe a little warmer to be totally honest, but yeah. it was that same kind of measured kind of reaction. He had a really good moment too with Justin when yeah. he just started answering the questions where he was talking back and forth to Justin about how Justin would like him to answer the questions and everything like that. And then he started spacing them out. And well, at, so yeah, Justin at first he gave it. a really 
long response and he wasn't even thinking about the translation aspect of it. So he just gives a really long response because Felipe had asked a question in Spanish. And then as soon as Justin starts translating, he goes, oh. <laughs> like you can see him. He's like, he was embarrassed that he hadn't. But um, yeah, it's funny. It was, it was. It was interesting. We, we like, we like, we like Cassandra. We like Cassandra for sure. Uh, the question though is, do we like this team right now uh, enough? Right. I think we do. I think the general consensus from me and you, I've said that this is right now, considering the fact that, Really, no one in MLS has done a whole lot this year, except for like Columbus, who already won it last year. You know, Um, I think this is a top five team just theoretically right now on paper. But there's there's some questions about that. There's a there's some devil's advocate questions coming in from folks like Publizzi and Rye McManus. And I'll kind of go with Ryan's here. But uh, Publizzi asked a very similar question. But Rye says devil's advocate. We've brought in a lot of good players so far, but any of them stand out difference makers. In fact, the front office has missed not their fault on the three best players. They had tried to sign this offseason. Are people overhyping our offseason acquisitions? And it's it's. A fair point, because last year we thought that some of the guys coming in might be able to add a little bit, you know, especially if we look back at like our feelings on Mateus Osseto and players like that. But to me, it's, it still feels like if you look at some of the analytics and everything like that, just the general sense from people who have seen these players and talked to folks who have seen these players, this seems to be a higher level of signing coming in. But we don't know for sure. Yeah, it just seems to be <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think where my optimism lies with the the moves that the team has made, these signings that they've made this offseason is just the general profile of players that they've acquired are a young, tenacious style of player. They're, they're a player. And, and I really felt like that that was lacking last year in this team. The team was kind of was slow, Um, just yeah, just sluggish not a very aggressive, especially defensively and trying to win the ball back. And I think that the players that they signed is like when you look at a guy like Franco Ibarra, he's the perfect example of a guy who's not uber talented in and of himself. You know, he's very much still a developmental piece, but I think that he is also a piece that will contribute exactly to the areas where Atlanta United struggled last year. So, uh, and of course, obviously Atlanta United struggled to score goals, but they're getting Joseph Martinez back this year. So that's obviously going to be a huge help in that regard. Um, so yeah, but you know, those questions we don't know. And I think it's good to still remain skeptical. In fact, we won't do it on this show, but I do want to do a show before the season starts kind of talking about how the season could go awry and kind of just ex- trying to, trying to shine a light on some of our blind spots where, you know, we want, we're hoping for success and everything like that. But I think it would be a kind of a good exercise to do something like that. But I don't know if I would say they're overhyped, but I do think that like, I would definitely say I'm optimistic about the season and maybe I, I should pull back from that a little bit, but, um, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I still like the signings that they've made. I love a good disaster show. We may have to <laughs> yeah. put that into effect. Um, but I, I think what's encouraging most about some of these signings is the kind of company they, they've already attracted. You know, the folks that have already been looking at them. There's that old theory about like if you see a McDonald's somewhere in town, you need to also put your business next to that McDonald's because the McDonald's folks research is so good. Normally they're going to know where people are going to be. So like if Everton and other big clubs are are like, oh, Sosa, you know, yeah, that you can generally have a sense that this is going to be something positive, right? Like they have seen something, whether or not Lane United and Gabriel Einze are going to get that out of them is the question, but they have seen something. So the potential is there. And, you know, there's there's a reason for optimism. I think that's maybe the biggest difference with these signings. And the other thing we should say about these signings, which I don't think uh, you could say about signings in previous transfer windows, was that Gabriel Heinze, like you said, had had a hand in like picking mm-hmm. these players and um, and he was considerably more prepared to do so than the last manager. <laughs> yeah so 
uh, that always gives you confidence that the players will be able to come into the team and actually perform at a high level. Exactly. And it's interesting, too. I don't think we've hit on that enough is that Einze is seeing these players in person, most likely. You know, these are guys he's familiar with on some level, right? Mm-hmm. You know, from being in Argentina, from being in South America and everything like that. Um, so there's lots of reasons to to buy in to the hype. And it could fall flat on its face. It very well could. I mean, that's true of any team right now. But if we're looking at this on paper, if we're looking at this objectively, I, I think we can feel pretty good about it, especially considering the state of the rest of the league right now which again is is fascinatingly not bleak it's just weird there's there's so many dps that haven't been signed and there's so many open spots and and pandemic is really kind of throwing everything out of, out of sync with that so we'll see it, it should be it should be good though stay with us believe it believe believe damn it believe <laughs> um <laughs> greg asked a really good follow-up question of that he says in an effort to not get too burned out on 2021 hype ask what about 2022 which i mean we're getting way way ahead of ourselves but greg <laughs> from the discord asked it we're gonna answer it uh what are the biggest changes you envision to next year's squad and i, I think the obvious answer is something we've already talked about and it, it's bellow and robinson probably being gone yeah and and ezekiel barco as well you're looking at you know you'll oh, have yeah. dp opportunities to bring you'll have slots at least uh to bring in designated players um but beyond that it is really difficult to tell at this point in time but i think that that's why 2021 is such an important season for this team because it gives you an opportunity to really examine what are the final tweaks that the team needs uh in order to be what we hope will be a championship team in 2022 which is heinz's last year um on his contract with the team so yeah i don't know but i think that that's one of the reasons why this season is so important yeah the, the expectation should be that this is a tata plan right yeah like exactly should be the year that everything kind of comes to fruition which is just good because so, we need to talk about managing expectations a little bit um i kind of mentioned this i think it's a top five team right now and that that could easily change as, as other teams maybe get a little more confident in the market and add a few more players and everything like that but it, it seems like it's a pretty solid base at the very least but the plan should be to to do well this year and build towards next year um and obviously there are going to be some changes but if that core is there and there's an understanding there of the tactics and a belief in the tactics and everything like that understanding of the instructions and things should be pretty well set up for 22 don't don't worry not yet there's so many things ahead of us don't worry but that should be the plan yeah and so i'm gonna go ahead and ask the next question because i feel like otherwise you're just asking yourself a question (laughs) uh let's go ducks 96 He, he says your mls newsletters are very funny but i can see certain people hating on the human how much hate mail do you get? <laughs> um, you know, you, you learn to first off, thank you. <laughs> Second off, um, you don't want to be on the fence. You never want people to feel apathetic about your stuff. Um, but I, I think learning that you can turn Twitter off and like you can turn notifications off to to get the right people talking to you has been helpful mm. uh, because it has been a struggle for me at times. You know, people don't like when you try. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's admittedly bad. Like I've written bad stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but if there's enough stuff there that resonates with people, I know I'm doing something right. And I feel like I've done that so far um, because uh, something that really resonates with me is the idea that the right people will get it, which is going back to like a, a show called Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is weird. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Some people don't get it. Some people hate it. But the people that love it really, really love it. Um, and their theory behind it was the right people will get it. So as long as the right people continue to get what I'm doing, the, the hate mail is just ignored. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's never mail. It's never like someone's <laughs> like right. mailing me. <laughs> yeah. there, I get some weird ass DMs. We should like live read a few of those every now and then because it is like the most unhinged shit about <laughs> the world's ninth most popular soccer league. Like, why are you spending time yelling at me about this? Um, but mostly it's like, oh, you'll like click on a Reddit thing and be they'll be like, hey, that guy sucks. 
You're like, oh, well, that's shitty. Yeah. But, oh, well. <laughs> and you're you're talking about DMs and Reddit and that kind of thing, too. But I will just say for Twitter, Twitter as a forum is like designed to generate either glowing. I love you. You're the best, etc. Or this sucks. I hate you. That kind of thing. Um, right. So that that's honestly what's been so great about the discord to me is I feel like it's a much <laughs> more natural, like human conversation we're able to have. And I, mm. I don't say that about Twitter to try to like uh, demean anybody who's on Twitter or replies to people on Twitter because I do it. I'm on Twitter, you know, that kind of thing, even though I'm trying to do less of that. But yeah, I mean, it just kind of. I've dealt with it as well to a lesser extent. Yeah. You're writing for a national well, platform and it just like, I don't know for me, like you just get to a point where, yeah, you just, you stop caring about those people's opinions. Exactly. Exactly. And what yours is, yours stuff is just different because you've been like weirdly targeted by random people. And that's <laughs> never, ever made sense to me because you do such a good job. Um, but yeah, you, you learned that, you know, it, initially it's a kind of shocking, like, Oh my gosh, someone doesn't care for what I do. And, and that's like <laughs> yeah. a big thing. Right. Right, you know? right. Yeah, yeah. Like, because you would never find out about it otherwise in real life. No one would come up to you and be like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like on Twitter, they're like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> um, but I, I think me and Joe have both kind of learned to manage it. Um, I will say there have been some low points, but that's that's a good question. And I appreciate you looking out for us. Let's go, Ducks. I, I think me and Joe are both doing much better with that um, and, and learning kind of how to manage it. The thing um, I hate, for me, it's never it. been as much of like an emotional thing as it has been like I am just wasting my time reading and responding <laughs> to people who are like trying to also get my wasting goat. their time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if they did anything else. Imagine <laughs> if they put their energy and I don't know the economy or global warming or doing their own podcast who, who knows? doing their own podcast yeah. if you're complaining about our podcast do your own podcast <laughs> whatever uh, <laughs> good question sorry to talk about ourselves so much that was yeah. like navel gazy uh but we we do appreciate um the kind words and again um we appreciate interacting with y'all in the discord it's been a lot of fun go check that out if you get a chance before we get to that joe prepare yourself this is rapid fire oh. Oh, Nando asks, what's your goals for against prediction for Lady United this season? Remember, 34 game season. And I've already kind of predicted that they're going to finish with less than 58 goals, I think it was. Really? Um, yeah, I think that was the, the total in, in 2019. Um, that was my extremely bold prediction, though. I think it's going to be somewhere around like 64-41. I'll say, um, I'll say 66-4, and I'll, I'm going to say like... 55 against i could see oh, this team I could, I could see this team having some big losses that, that's i what, love that, it that's what i'm i'm predicting a, like several um you remember that away game to chicago where we decided yep. to just publish the match report at halftime <laughs> <laughs> and it was just the uh it was just the video from um yeah. troll 2 yeah. Uh, yeah. oh my god they're eating her oh my god they're gonna eat yeah. me I, i'm i'm kind of anticipating some of those kinds of results this year I love but there'll it. be some good it. ones too Lady United going full chaos team. Uh, your name here asks, what is the first thing you're going to do after getting the vaccine? I'm hugging everybody. Need a hug, Sam. What about you, Joe? Anybody else? First off, love hugs. I'm, I've missed hugging people. Uh, my first thing I'm going to do after getting the vaccine is, one, I'm going to go to the gym. That's going to feel good again. Two, I'm going to go just sit at Midway Pub on the patio there and drink a beer and take in whatever sporting event is going on and just not worry about anything. And it's going to roll. Yeah, that's what I can't wait to do is go to uh, my local, which is called Righteous Room, right? down the street it's a very small dingy dive bar and just drink lots of 
of uh, PBRs or whatever. The great thing about this pub that I go to is that if you just drink enough, the, the waiters are also drinking and they forget what you got <laughs> and because they're just keeping it on a piece of paper and uh, you actually get a great deal. Love it. Love it. Alex asks, give me a quick explainer of the Montreal manager situation. Alex, do you know like when you're talking to someone and all of a sudden you're in their relationship and then they seem kind of disinterested all of a sudden, like they're replying short with text messages and things like that. Uh, Thierry Henry did that to Montreal, then he ducked and now they have a assistant manager who's been there for a long time. Seems like a good dude taking over for Thierry Henry. It's a bit of a change. Uh, Joel Betts from the Discord asked, after listening to Felipe, go listen to our Felipe episode on the Patreon. Uh, what players in MLS could you see coming into the squad all the great and wonderful Breck Shea. and again I think we kind of mentioned that before we don't really know and hopefully not too many MLS players thanks yeah maybe Stamper. Jeff Lerenowitz maybe Jeff Lerenowitz Stamper asks Joseph Martinez over under 20 goals this season oh that's a good one over to under 20 goals for Joseph Hmm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go rapid fire. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under. Under. I'm gonna go over. 19. Kevin from. Oh my God, you went under. Kevin. <laughs> 19. Kevin from Discord asked, draft your all time seven aside team. We're assuming two defenders, two midfielders, and a forward. Brad and Alec Khan are the goalkeepers. This is all time Atlanta United. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two defenders, two midfielders, and a forward. Go. Bello and. Oh, wow. Miles Robinson. Uh, nah, he'd be bad at seven aside. Bello, Bello and LGP. Uh huh. Almiron and Nagby and Striker and Joseph. Of course. I like it. I like it. I think I would uh, I think I would put Miles with LGP in the back too. Mm. Anyway, Tony from Discord asked should we worry about the international slots? <laughs> I love the shout out, Tony. Um, no, I'd say don't worry about them. What is the FC we, it, it, what, By not worrying about them means you might get rid of a player. Sorry, I'm not. This is rapid fire. Go. Rapid fire. Let's go Ducks 96 from the Discord ask what does the F or actually he asked what the FC stand for in Lucid <laughs> FC? What the F <laughs> footwear and clothing you, Stamper you know asks, it footwear and clothing who's who's your favorite james bond uh my favorite james bond is sean connery but not in that it's in that movie where he's wearing like the red jumpsuit bandolero i can't remember the name of it it's deeply terrible i love it <laughs> i know what you're talking about <laughs> blue guai from this i don't know how to say your name dude from the discord ask what can you tell us about wednesday's <laughs> best 11 i can tell you it's gonna be a tough draw <laughs> I can tell yeah, you this is why gonna, I love the Discord. Tough draw. Tough draw. <laughs> uh, this name, Tata E. Barco's Taco Barco. <laughs> In the Discord. <laughs> it's like Bob Loblaw's uh, Bob Loblog. <laughs> okay, um, why isn't there more to talk about right now given the off-season upheaval? Uh, the answer is muscle confusion. Um, Joel Betts ask which cookout has the best ambiance for first dining out experience once you get vaccinated Joel wait till 2 a.m. and then go to the Moreland cookout walk past the security guards that are literally out in front of this cookout <laughs> and get yourself a cheer wine float it'll be delicious and that was rapid fire Woo! that was a fun one Wore me out <laughs> uh, <laughs> that name got me okay anyway um joe any final thoughts before we get out of here if you want more social media talking about social media sign into the, sign up for our patreon we got a good show for coming for you oh yeah that one's gonna be good that one's gonna be real good we're excited about that we're recording that later today it'll be on the patreon soon um thank y'all for following us go follow joe patrick at jpatrick 200 go follow me at j underscore sam jones i got a piece up on mlssoccer.com right now i got a few others coming joe has plenty of stuff up on dss go listen to 92.9 the game when you're driving around not listening to five stripe final in your car joe will pop up on there from time to time talking all things braves and atlanta united um and yeah go follow us at five stripe final on twitter as well check out the patreon see if it's something you're interested we love you we appreciate you and that's all we have to say bye y'all